Welcome to Marshall Mindset, where we delve into some of the leading minds in business, martial arts, and academia to find out what truly makes success in any field of life. We are the fight coaches who will motivate and inspire you to level up your game, no matter how big or scary your goals may be. Welcome to another episode with uh, myself, Bogdan, uh, and uh, Sifu, Mark Phillips. Uh, we're talking about self-esteem. What does it mean to have self-esteem and how can you boost it? Mark, how are you? I'm good. It's uh, freezing cold here in London. I say that on every single podcast that we do. <laughs> Even in the, the summer. Doesn't change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. It's, uh, I need to work on my self-esteem, so I thought this would be a good podcast to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think everybody needs to work on their self-esteem. You know, It's funny because we talk about this stuff all the time. Like As, as martial arts teachers, we, we talk about being... In, the need to be confident to actually win in a fight. But I see myself in moments where I need to listen to myself talk on the topic of confidence and just remind myself, you know, like change your mind frame right now. I think, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm exactly the same. I've got to be honest. I think we all have those negative thoughts that leads to sort of low self-esteem and, and uh, sometimes I think the bigger you, the more you push yourself sometimes, the bigger the mountain you climb. Mm. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, sometimes I have those thoughts, can I do better? Am I better? And that sometimes taps into your sort of self-esteem as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think many people can escape the, the barrage of, of low self-esteem and negativity that can that, that can come from it but there's something we can do about it and that's really the whole point of today's podcast isn't it to really talk yes. about how we yes. can up esteem and the values of training martial arts and and uh, and how you can take that to everyday life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely i mean despite the fact that we do feel down sometimes and uh, we have this negative talk we do stuff to get out of there right we don't stay yeah. there for uh, long periods of time and that's definitely something that we're going to be sharing with you guys uh listening in um you know but th- this topic of self-esteem is, is thrown a lot thrown um around a lot what, what do you feel it means actually having low self-esteem that's a good question actually i think what does it mean that's a really good question i mean what are the repercussions of it i mean low self-esteem is a form of negativity self-negativity I think that's really important to sort of get across. The effects of low self-esteem are quite, quite, uh, you know, they're, they're quite general. I mean, they're quite expansive, aren't they? I mean, they, mm-hmm. they really go out in every. I mean, you can have people that have low self-esteem that go out and start fights, basically. Yeah, that, that, definitely. That's a way of boosting their self-esteem. Like, even arrogance is a form of low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a people good who are loud but without substance. Yeah. I, f- I feel like they're trying to compensate for for not having self-esteem, for not loving themselves. Yeah, I mean, arrogance, do you think there's a difference between that? I mean, that's an interesting conversation, arrogance and confidence, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because confidence sort of, you know, there's this fine line between someone that is arrogant and, and super confident. Yeah. So self-esteem, I would say, would lean more towards... towards uh, 
I, I, I suppose arrogance would lead more towards having, I, I don't know, my train of thought is they're very mm-hmm. similar. So, I mean, it's interesting yeah. you say that, actually, about mm-hmm. the arrogance thing. Uh, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to come back to that. I feel like in the difference between arrogance and confidence and self-esteem is the self-talk mm. that that person has. I mean, um, like, like two people can look very, very um, in control, like, very confident but when nobody sees them what is their internal dialogue i I feel like the person who has self-esteem thinks to themselves you know i'm great i'm really really nice i I like myself they they look in the mirror and say well you're you're a cool gal or guy and the person who is arrogant but doesn't really have self-esteem when they're alone they're very very critical Oh, you dumbass! Oh, you, you idiot! You're always doing the stupid stuff. Uh, you know who are you trying to fool? Yeah. And I've been that. I've been there for the most part of my life. To be honest, you know, a lot of people, even to this day, still see me as having um, this arrogance inside inside me. And I can honestly say that it comes from not having enough self love for the moment, being too critical with myself in that specific moment. Mm. Yeah, I think the self-love, uh, you know, the, the self-love is important. But, I mean, how do you, I mean, if we're talking to, uh, talking to people listening to this podcast, how would you say, how would you recognise if you, if you do have or you don't have self, self-esteem? Well, not to get too metaphysical or spiritual, like women are very, very, very good at recognizing the difference between uh, them because I think it has a lot to do with intuition, with feeling that person. Mm-hmm. If if you're getting a sense of fullness by being in the presence of um, of that specific person, if you feel like if you feel more expanded and better about yourself just by being uh, with that person, I think you're you're talking to somebody who has self-esteem who feel, who feel fulfilled let's say if you feel less by talking with that other person then you're kind of dealing with um, a bit of a bit of arrogance and i feel like people can be very confident and very self-loving in certain situations and the same person can be um very different different situations like for example in my case i would feel very confident when teaching martial arts because it was my element it was something that i felt very very comfortable and um uh, competent in but when it came to talking to people outside of that context i would feel very out of place and people Mm -hmm. would would feel um would feel smaller let's say they wouldn't feel like they were growing in my presence and that would that would and i would get the feedback you know what you're kind of arrogant why why are you so arrogant and i was like i don't know you know that that leads me to a thought that uh of which is a basic psychology principle Mm -hmm. of uh, people having different roles in their life yes the average person they may be you know a mother uh a worker a teacher uh, you know, they, they'll have different roles. You know, for example, uh, you could be a mother, a brother, a sister, uh, you know, and so on. So in the roles of teaching, and certainly teaching a martial art, you have a role that is there to lead and inspire the mm-hmm. student. 
that 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 is your role. Yeah. So in that sense, you're maybe. I mean, maybe that's why some people are attracted to teaching and, and teaching martial arts. It's a way of boosting their own self esteem. And that's another mm-hmm. word talking about i mean i mentioned earlier some people boost their self self-esteem by having fights but the point of what i wanted to get to was that uh you know when you're out of that role you become you because sometimes it's a little bit like uh being an actor teaching yes you have to fit a certain role and you have to be a certain way uh and especially fulfill people's expectations of you in that role yeah, absolutely. So when you're on your own or when you're in your own company, then it's very, very different. And that's what I mean yes. when I said earlier that we all, to a certain degree, may suffer from the you know the negativity and the, and the, and the lack of self-talk. But it, it really boils down to what you do about it at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. I think the difference between some people getting stuck in a, in a self-esteem loop or where they can't get out of it, uh, that's, that's the difference really, which is one of the things we were going to talk about today. How do you help your students become more uh, confident and boost their self-esteem? Demonstration. I think, first of all, it's modeling behavior. Mm-hmm. It's the first, most important thing. Secondly, is addressing their thought processes when it comes to doing a task. I mean, I think that's really important. If you have someone that says they can't do something, then that's, that, that, that starts from a negative perspective anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you believe you can't do it, and it's in the back of your mind that you can't do it, you won't do it. It's, yes. It's, it basically once it starts getting difficult, you won't do it. Or you try it, but you'll do it in such a way where it kind of proves what you initially thought. Exactly. That, you know what? I told you you couldn't yeah. do it. Self fulfilling prophecy. Basically. Yes. Uh, you know, I I always had a perspective that I was going to train or do something in, in martial arts and be quite good at it, but I never thought it was never a consideration that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the difference in mentality. When when I think of something that I want to do, I don't think about I won't be able to do it. I, I did my PhD when I was uh, you know, working and studying, and working and studying is a very difficult thing to do, but I didn't for one time, one moment, think that... You're not going to be able to do it. I can't do it. I just mm-hmm. was just never a part of my thought process. It was just mm-hmm. what I was going to do. So I think... I try to model that behavior in, in uh, the way that I speak to my students. And I think yes. not just by the way that I behave, but also in the way that I get them to talk back to me. If I give them a task, then I ask them to do the task and, and I try to get some feedback on whether they feel they can do it. And that mm-hmm. way it taps into their, their positive or the negative approach to it. So mm-hmm. that's the first start, I think, really. Why do you feel so many people have this negative self-talk and um, they're really dealing or struggling with um, self-confidence or self-esteem? That's a really big question. Uh, It could be a societal thing, to be honest with you. I mean, if you think about it, uh, the rise of social media has really changed the way our social fabric of communities and the way we interact with people anyway. It sounds quite... uh, an out there statement, but if mm-hmm. you think now that you go onto Instagram and you see uh, people's lives or you go onto Facebook and you see people's lives and some of these lives are just completely fabricated. You know, yes. Stories of people going Instagram and they're, they're borrowing or hiring Rolex watches and nice cars and then taking photographs and putting on Instagram and creating an image that isn't necessarily reflective of their real world. Yeah. I know. By this, you know, I know exactly what you mean because I'm guilty of doing the same thing. <laughs> I actually, like, 
I actually, uh, you know, decided to make a video apologizing for that because I felt like this whole, I felt the weight of not being 100% authentic and uh, congruent with who I was. Mm-hmm. And because I thought that this is what I needed to do on social media to look like, to make it look like my life was better than it actually was. So um, it's actually very damaging. You know, from my perspective, having done that, it's, it's very, very difficult to have self-esteem when you know that you're not being honest and that you are fabricating this kind of persona. And you're asking yourself every time when somebody send some compliments or some love your way, you're, you're second guessing yourself and you're thinking, are they actually uh, appreciating my work, me for who I am, or this persona that I created and I'm um, posing over there. So it's very, very difficult to uh, build up more confidence, right? I'm more confident than before, but I felt that that was actually a huge, huge block in me building more confidence and being more honest with myself and actually liking myself a lot more. And definitely. So I, I absolutely see what you mean when you're talking about social media in that sense. Yeah, because I think that doesn't help. Uh, I mean, look, if you're already self-doubting yourself and you're already down, mm. uh, let's just say you, you, know, you have a deficit in, in that form of thinking, then, you know, you're quite often going to be susceptible to looking at other people's worlds and thinking that they have a better life than you or they're doing something better than you. Or, For example, this is a classic one. So, you know, I get this a lot. People come into the class and, uh, you know, we'll be teaching whatever martial art we're doing. And rather than looking at how they're progressing, they're looking at everybody else in the class and judging their own progression by everybody else in the class. So they'll say to me, look, I'm not getting it. And I'll say, yes, but you are getting it. You, mm-hmm. And then I'll frame it, I'll put it into perspective. I'll say, look, let's put this into perspective. You're just learning this for the first time. Or it's your first class even. But what they do, and that's a classic one, you'll get someone who'll come in and they'll look at the group and then yeah. they'll say, uh, you know, I'm not very good. Oh, I can't get this. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll throw it back at them and say, well, how long have you been doing this? If you, if you look at this in real terms, you've been doing this activity for 10 minutes. You're not going to get it after 10 minutes. Yeah. So the problem is what these people do is they look at everybody else and then make a judgment about themselves based on everybody else uh, yes. and their ability to do it. And that, that, is, that's, that, that, that is a weakness, not in confidence, but also it, it, it shows, it relates to the self-esteem as well. And I think it's something that we learn uh, from a very young age. You know, I used to come home with a grade and my parents' first question was, oh, that's nice, but what grade did the other person get? <laughs> yeah. right? You're always comparing, yeah. you're always being compared to somebody else. And then you, ca- you take that habit and you look at yourself in the same way, like, oh my God, this person is doing this. Why am I, am I not doing this? Well, yeah, I mean, and this is, one of the things I always say to people, if you're going to judge your improvement, you judge your improvement. And again, I'm going to use this in the martial art context. If you're going to judge your improvement on you know, improving your training. You're going yes. to do it from where you are at point A to where you are in point B. So you know, have I improved since I was training two years ago? Mm-hmm. The problem with looking at other people in the class or the people around you, if you're comparing yourself, it's not a level playing field. You can't yes. yourself to someone else in the class because you don't know how often they're training. They might be training every day. 
They might be, uh, you know, training every day and have private lessons. Yes. They might be, you know, or they might have, uh, you know, might be the other extreme. They might not be training as much uh, and have loads of personal problems that distract them from training. So when they turn up at training, they can't concentrate, they can't focus. Uh, you know, you can't compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Yeah, and that again relates to the self-esteem uh, issue because what you're essentially doing is weakening your own. You're weakening yourself by the self-talk of well, looking at other people and aspiring to be. I think it's different to aspire to be like someone else, but mm-hmm. it's different if you're comparing yourself and saying I'm not as good as that person because that comes back to this sort of you know, low self-esteem and negativity. Definitely, definitely, and it's like. Uh, we also need to be aware of the fact that we're all different and similar at the same time. You know, I, I was reading, I'm reading this book about the five um, elements in Chinese uh, philosophy. And it's very interesting because like all of us have like one dominant or two or three dominant elements to us, fire, um, like water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. And what the author was sharing was the fact that in China during the dictatorship of uh, Mao Zedong, I, I hope I'm saying uh, his name right. Yeah. Um, so what he did, he decided to get rid of the five element system because it kind of recognized people's individuality and their individual needs. And mm-hmm. he wanted to make people more or less the same because they would be easier to control. Um, and also because of the fact that by you understanding who you are and what you need and where you could excel at, you could improve your, the, the quality of your life. And that wasn't acceptable because everybody needed to have under the communist regime, everybody needed to have the same life more or less. And I feel like when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, somebody who has like a, an L, the dominant element, um, let's say metal, right? He's very good with uh, business and, uh, you know, very stoic. It's very, very difficult to compare yourself as being an element of water and saying, look, this person has achieved so much in their career. Yes, but at the same time, that person doesn't have your depth when you're thinking or your um, love for philosophy for thinking or for so on and so forth. So if you're trying to excel at the same domain that that person is, you're inevitably going to fail. You need to master your element, like your um, what you love to do and who you are instead of trying to fit into um, a different situation. <laughs> So how do you think you would find that? Would it be your self-examination, really? Like what element you are? Yeah, yeah. It has to do, from what, I, from what I know, it has to do with the date of birth and the time. So somebody could tell you your, your element, but I think it also, you can also choose what you need. Mm. It, you need to study a bit about, like understand what the elements are and... Um, then you can act accordingly. Like, okay, um, if you like to party, if you like to be around people and be very optimistic, you're obviously a fire, right? Yeah. yeah. If you're more calm and you take your time and um, you you like to analyze the world in your lo- in your head, then you're obviously going to be a water element. If you're very caring and loving, you're going to be an earth element. And you know, there's there's different types of career. For example, philosophy is great for water element. 
teaching is great for water element. Metal is great for business. So you need to embrace who you are, I feel. Mm. So getting back to, I mean, steering the conversation back deeper towards mm-hmm. self-esteem. I mean, we were discussing how to boost it. I mean, what, what are your thoughts really on how to boost, boost or improve your self-esteem? Accept, know who you are, know who you are, know what you are, what you're good at, and accept Accept yourself, not what other people want from you or what other people expect from you, and just have a better dialogue with, uh, with yourself. Say, you're great. I love the fact that you're good at this, right? You're really nice at this. You're very good with people. You're very resilient when you choose to, and uh, you motivate yourself easily. Just because that dialogue is very important, Okay. No, I agree. I mean, I actually agree. I mean, I think the first thing to do is to recognize, to recognize that you may be struggling with issues of self, uh, low self-esteem and you know, look for the signs of them. Uh, the signs generally will be obviously the negativity in thoughts, but some people are so ingrained in the way that they think that they don't realize that they're saying, for example, you know, you say to someone, look, I want you to do... Now, I, want you, I don't know, I want you to do 50 punches in a heavy bag. Oh, I can't do that. 50 punches in two seconds. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Something to the effect, that's just an analogy, it's just an example. But the fact that they say it uh, is that it's so ingrained that they don't think about it. I mean, I don't know if that's a good example, but uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I try to look at or, or think about is this self-esteem loop. And it's basically what happens where you think a certain way and you, for example, don't think your self lack of self-esteem sometimes literally comes down to this thing of you don't think you're you think you're worthless on the extreme, yes. this is the extreme. You think you're worthless or you think you don't deserve uh, you know, happiness, or you don't think, you know, there, there's a devaluing of yourself. And then sometimes when people are like that, what they tend to do is not look after themselves. And in yeah. a physical sense, that's the first manifestation of it. You know, they don't necessarily uh, or hygiene, they don't dress well, they, they don't have a good diet. Uh, or they might be awesome and you tell them, you give them a compliment and they're like, oh yeah, but I don't know, it's not, it's, it, it wasn't perfect. Yeah, I must admit, I'm like that. <laughs> I am actually, I don't take compliments, I was having this conversation the other day, I don't take compliments very well, actually, uh, which... You know, I'm aware of, but I suppose we all have our own fallacies. But the thing is, we'll talk about self-extreme, uh, sorry, self-esteem issues in the extreme. Yeah. And what I wanted to, to, you know, say to people that are listening to this podcast is look out for signs of uh, the way that you treat yourself physically. Because, mm-hmm. for example, someone that has low self-esteem may think, well, I'll eat rubbish, I'll <laughs> You know, I won't eat well, I'll put a little bit of weight on. They won't really care about these sort of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a way of thinking you're not worth devaluing yourself. Uh, and in doing so, you create this loop where you don't feel good about yourself because you may not look good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm obviously talking about it within reason. We're not going to the extremities. Here. What's like one case that you had, like one of your students who came in, had very, very low self-esteem and then like in a few months or in a few years, just like completely transformed. 
I've had a number of students like that over the years, to be to be quite frank. I mean, we get a mixed bag of people that come to training. Some people are driven to training because they want to learn how to defend themselves. Some people come because they want to get fit. Uh, but the point is that deep down, some people are driven subconsciously to martial art training because it's a way of achieving something developing their own self-esteem and retraining their mind. You know, it's a, it develops confidence and that confidence in itself develops self-esteem. But the confidence is the can-do attitude. Yeah. You, know, you can do this. And if you're in a good group of a good group of people, then it's going to be encouraged. So I've had people that have come in uh, that have had very low self-esteem and the, you know, to characterize them and, and not to be rude, quite often they are individuals that are slightly overweight, that uh, aren't very fit, uh, that aren't very confident, tend to be quite shy. I mean, this is very stereotypical because... What's, to be honest with you, what's like one person that comes to mind right now? I can think of one person and, and that person sort of uh, fits that mold. And what I noticed with that person was... Uh, they changed. The training in itself developed a, a new pattern of thinking, but you can't really adjust thinking by unless you challenge thinking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got to challenge people to think a certain way. So, you know, when you're teaching a martial art, if you're standing in front of a class and saying, XYZ punches, you know, 100 times, uh, you know, you can go over and when the person wants to give up, you can try to encourage them. You know, you yep. can sort of encourage them. That's a different way of doing it. Challenging people's thinking is that where you're actually engaging with what they're saying. So if they mm-hmm. say, no, mm-hmm. I can't do 100 punches, then you say, well, okay, let's start with doing 10. And then once you've done 10, let's start with doing another 10. Mm-hmm. And another 10, and before you know it, we've done 100. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that that sometimes is a way. And then you, you challenge it by saying, but you can't do that. Right, you can do ten punches. And they say mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. ten punches. Okay, let's do ten punches. Now we've done ten. Let's do another ten, and then you keep going. So that's yes. another way. Of, and then you, the challenge part, the rethinking, the reframing is where you say, okay, so you, so could you do it? Because you've just done a hundred punches. Okay. I mean, obviously, this is just an example. Isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely concepts. But, uh, you know, over time, what I've noticed is when people start to see results, uh, they start to feel better about themselves. And, and, you know, when they feel better, you start to get those, you know, you, you start to get the benefits from it. It, 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 creates, uh, it creates a, self, a self-belief. I was going to say self-fulfilling prophecy, but it creates a self-belief. You know, but you see results and then that spurs you to get more results. But it is a not constant going, ongoing battle. You know, the, the mind is a, I call it monkey chatter. When we do our videos uh, on our channel, we always talk about monkey chatter. Mm-hmm. That little voice in the background that's always distracting you and always telling you, you know, the negative, the negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, I'm going to do 100 punches and that voice is like, what are you talking about? Can you even do five? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But look, you've got to start with one, right? You do one, yeah. and you do another. You know, this is what we've been, we've said in other podcast uh, episodes. If you, you know, the whole point of martial art training is that it challenges you, not just physically. I mean, it's not about learning how to fight people. It's learning how to how to fight yourself sometimes and how yeah. to uh, how to challenge yourself and how to believe what you think. 
and use that and harness that harness that energy and, and expand it elsewhere. I, I think it, it's very valuable in the sense that when you get into the mindset of, you know what, I'm not afraid of conflict. I'm not afraid of facing ideas or people um, who might look intimidating. Then you kind of allow yourself to challenge the ideas that you kind of grew up with. Like uh, maybe that you, you feel that you're not really worth it or that you're worthless. And then you, you start to ask yourself, why? why? Why do I feel that way? Oh, because this and this happened. But is that necessarily true? Oh, wait, it doesn't need to be true, right? Because I used to think that I couldn't fight. Now I can fight. So maybe because I used to think that I'm worthless, now that I can choose to think differently of, my, uh, of myself. You're right about dealing with conflict. Conflict's natural and normal, though. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, did a, work, a little bit of work on conflict management and conflict resolution, which are two different fields of operation, uh, two different approaches to dealing with conflict. One's management, one's looking at obviously trying to resolve it. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the time, you can't really resolve conflicts in the widest sense of things because people are always going to be people are always you're always likely in your social sphere of operating in the social world bump into people that have a different perspective. So so conflicts normal is is quite natural uh, and unavoidable really. So, but it's how you deal with it and how you think about it. I think is 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 quite key to, and that does come back to this self esteem issue again, right? mm-hmm. that you're worthless or you you're not worthy uh, when you face with adversity and and a, a social situation where there is conflict, then, then that's going to have an effect. You notice how usually like the people who are most critical are the people who have the most critical self talk who just bash themselves internally. I would love to. I, you know, I really would love to be in some of these people's minds. Heads, right? Yeah. What they say to, it, to themselves. Uh, you know, it, it really comes down to, it really does come down to trying to change that loop, that negativity loop we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier. Because if you believe a certain uh way and you think a certain way then what's going to happen is you're going to you're likely to manifest those behaviors and then that's yes. the way that you feel and it's a case of breaking that spiral that, that how would you how would you break the loop the spiral i think the way we started this podcast and what you were saying about uh being much more uh challenging challenging your own thoughts and also mm-hmm. you know if you say something negative about yourself like i'm you know oh, i'm not worthy of getting that job or I'm not good enough to be dating that girl or, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to pass a grading or, or, you know, whatever it is, it is. You've got to try to recognize, first of all, you've got to recognize that you're having those thoughts because as I said, for some people, it's quite ingrained. They, they think that they can't do things and therefore it's a natural course of thinking for them. So you've got to recognize it. It's like, can, can you imagine like talking to a friend that way? Well, like, exactly. Like exactly. Living, living with somebody in, in your house and just telling them, oh, well, you, you can't date that person. What are you talking about? Yeah. You never get that promotion. Yeah. You're too ugly or you're too yeah, fat. Exactly. Or you're, like, you're too thin. You're too tall. And that person would be like, you're the worst flatmate I ever saw in my life. Leave me alone. <laughs> 
And, and that's a good way of looking at it. If you are speaking to yourself in a way that you would never speak to another person, then that's a good indication that you're, you know, you are, you've got a lot of negative self thoughts that are that can, the potential are harmful, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, so first of all, is to recognize them, I would say. And then once you recognize them, then start to challenge them. And, and challenging basically means, goes back to, you know, can I get, uh, yes, I can get that job. Or, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got something in me that I can, you know, go over and speak to that lady or, or whatever it is, you know, that ever that's sparking that negativity. Yeah. Going back to martial art training again, even within your own training, it's a case of, well, you know, you might think, I don't said grading. We have a grading called third level grading in our academy, which is quite difficult to attend uh, to attain. And many people take it, and a lot of people don't pass it. We, we, mm-hmm. We're not the sort of organisation where people do gradings and everybody passes because that's not the point of a grading. The point mm-hmm. of grading is to challenge people. And, and interestingly, actually, I see a lot of people giving up, which is always a disappointment for me because I think you've worked so hard for it, then you've failed or fell at the final hurdle, and then you give up. You don't go back and regroup and start again. But the point really I was getting at is that sometimes people – when I go to my group and say, okay, let's do this grading. It's a third level grading. It's quite tough. You'll get some people say, oh, I'll never be good enough to do that. And, yes. And, and they'll say it quite naturally. And that's where you have to start to challenge the thinking. And the say, thinking. But that's <laughs> recognizing you. That is so crazy. I, it's like so much outside of my reality. Like you said right now, like failing at an exam and then just giving up. It's so foreign to me, so alien. It's like, do you have this when when you fail at something? Doesn't be doesn't it just suddenly become an obsession that you need to succeed at that thing that you yeah. just failed at? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I was saying earlier about I never ever thought that I wouldn't do something rather than. And if I don't, it's, it's not everything that you turn your hand to that you're going to be good at. And I think sometimes yes. if things come naturally, if they come naturally, they they. Uh, for example, sometimes I have guys that come to my, I think I've said this before on other podcasts, but sometimes I've had guys that come to my academy and they're naturals. You know, they pick it up, the martial art, they pick up the training and they're really good. And then they give up. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I never understand. Well, I do understand the reason why, and I'll explain it in a second. I've, you know, I've had many, many years to think about it, decades to think about it. And then sometimes you'll have people that will come in and they're not naturals at it, but they'll be with you for years. You know, they'll yeah. training year in, year out, year in, year out, and they'll be pl- plodding along. And they end up pretty good, actually. Uh-huh. So what is the difference? Well, I think sometimes when things come too easy and you hit a challenge, uh, you know, because you haven't had the resilience to work through that challenge, yes. that development the resilience to work through it, it's very easy to give up. And sometimes with people, I think, and this comes back to this, things being very easy and achievable uh if you're used to getting things quite easy with very little challenge then it's very easy for you to give up whereas if you've had to work pretty hard for it when you get the challenge i think it's 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 easier to dig in and think okay i'm gonna i'm going so for example going back to your question Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i do something i fail at it i think i don't think i'm going to give up i think okay i'm going to do it again and again and again and again until I can actually do it. I, I don't, I don't under, you know, that it's never a thought for me that, okay, I didn't get it, I'm giving up. It just doesn't happen. It's, it's going to be um, 
I was thinking like of the next generation, right? Because my parents, they, they come from a totally different generation where they kind of accepted the fact that life is going to be hard, that it's going to be uh, challenging, and that's going to be the norm. Um, I'm thinking of the, the following generation. I was watching an episode of uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with, uh, with Seinfeld, and uh, <laughs> it was an episode with Kevin Hart. And Seinfeld was telling Kevin, like, oh, your problem was that I didn't have any, that you, don't ha- you didn't have anything, and you were asking yourself, how can I get it? But your kid's problem is they have everything, but why am I not happy? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting to see like the next generations because life is, is actually getting easier in terms of you know having food, health, um, you know access to like your basic needs. It's going to be interesting to see what challenges the following um, generations have because they're they're going to have very, very different challenges. Well, I mean, we alluded to it earlier when we were talking about the social media generation and know potentially why some people struggle with self-esteem issues because of what they're given or presented is unrealistic yes. aspirations of, of of the social of the social environment you know you look if you i mean to be honest if you spent if you spent a significant amount of time on instagram you probably want to throw yourself off the building because you yes. think everybody's having a better life than you <laughs> you see these people all fit either you see people you know all sort of fit and you know posing and yeah. you know, hacks, which is, let's be honest, is not is not the general, you know, that's not the average person. Or you see them driving nice cars and wearing nice clothes and so on. And, and, and that's what I'm saying about it's a misrepresentation of the real world because sure. people think, are starting to think this is real and this is normal. Uh, but the, the fact is it's not a representation of the real world. And, and I think that yeah. if you have a tendency to be... Uh, and it's, it's always presented to you in a way that um, I was talking about it with a copyright. It's presented to you in a way where you can kind of attain it without really going through all of that struggle. Like it's all, here's a way for you to get the result, but with less of a hassle. But if somebody told you, look, I'm going to sell you this process. It's going to be painful. It's going to take 10 years. You're going to be a millionaire. Maybe you're going to be a millionaire in 10 years, but you know what? Even if you fail, you're still going to be a better person. You're going to be like, ah, you actually want me to pay for this? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> and it's always like, oh, yeah, um, I spent one year, I read this book, and then I'm a millionaire. Uh, buy my book or something like that. Yeah. It yeah, is a definitely. Mentality, but, I mean, getting back to improving self-esteem, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think challenging your thoughts was one thing. Affirmations, which I think you were saying earlier, was a good thing. I mean, looking, as you were saying, reminding yourself that you are, uh, I don't know, you're a good person and you can do good things for people. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, affirmations have to be realistic. They have to be believable for yourself. I would, I would challenge everybody listening in to be more aware of what your first thought is in the morning. I know you want to check your Facebook. I want to. Ch- I know you want to check your Instagram, but ask yourself why do you want to check Facebook or Instagram? What's so awesome about if somebody else's life that you need to check what they're doing, or if somebody gave you a message or a like, 
what's so great about that compared to you waking up in the morning and just being aware of where you are, of your body, of who you're being in that moment? What's your first thought? I mean, I would like to add, I think, uh, to, to that, I would say it would be even better to go stage further and detox. Mm-hmm. Have a day where you, you're not on social media. Yes. A day when you're not uh, checking, you know, what people are doing. And, and, and uh, because it, I think it, it can be quite disruptive, really, to mm-hmm. do that. And it doesn't give you a chance to, to check in with yourself because you're too busy looking at everybody else. Yes. So go to stage further, have a, have a, you know, a, a detox where you're not, you're not on Instagram or Facebook or mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just basically being in your own space. I know a couple who like Friday to Monday midday, they don't touch social media. They just spend time with themselves, with, with the family. They have a daughter and they just spend, you know, just like family time, no social media. I think it's really important to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Uh, because it becomes quite obsessive, really. And then you notice, well, we, know, we all know people that will, we all know a person that could be in your company and they'll literally just be on their phone, phone the whole, whole time. <laughs> what were you saying? Yes. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I was, I was talking to a guy and he's training at Hong Kong, actually training wintering at Hong Kong. And he was saying that he was in a school and, and some of the kids were just getting their phones out in the middle of the class. Yeah. Their, their, their phones and uh, being on social media and so on while they're training, you know. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. Not even selfies, you know. They're just sort of like going down the feeds to see what everybody's doing. And it's just like, yeah. not really yeah. in it. I mean, this, this, is, this comes back to the whole point of martial training. It's back to that that mindset of uh, getting self-focused and, and believing what you can do, really. And I think that's the most important thing. Self-belief only comes from testing, trying, and seeing the results. And when you see the results, you can believe that it's achievable. And even if it's a small result, it's a case of someone... And, and this is where a good martial art teacher would come into effect. That, you know, a good martial art teacher will show you, give you a mirrored reflection of your small improvement and show that to you and that will help your self-esteem it will help develop your mind and it'll give you that sort of step and desire to to repeat the same pattern and it's it's not an easy process especially in the beginning uh if you're used to very critical self-talk the first time that you say i like myself i'm good at this i'm good at that you're gonna hear hear that monkey mind that um you you were describing earlier that says why why do you like yourself here you suck look yeah. look at this look at that look and it, you, you really need to force yourself like i would give this to my my students um i would tell them look look yourself in the mirror look yourself in the eye and talk to you like you would talk to your kid right you would never take away the confidence of your kid and tell yourself i love you i like you i you're you're good you're a good person. You're, people like you. And it's going to be super uncomfortable in the beginning. And you do that for a few days in the morning, and you're going to see that it's, it becomes easier, easier, and easier. You tend to believe yourself a lot more when you, uh, when you repeat it. I think that's good advice. Uh, I mean, to add to that, I think seeing results as well, to go further than that, I think that's the start because you mm-hmm. 
you've got to sort of break the cognitive dissonance of thinking one thing and and uh, or thinking contradictory things and, and yes. uh, you know not acting on it. Uh, but I also think, which is really important, is once you can latch onto something that you can do, then use that to build your confidence. And even if I go back to the what I was talking about before, people have different social roles and different domains of operation in, in their in their lives. So as I said, people have jobs, they also have roles. They can be, you know, the person could be a bus driver, but the same guy could be a father, an uncle, a brother, yeah. saying earlier. Yeah. Then you need to then start with one domain. So if within that person who's a bus driver, father, a brother, uh, you know, maybe he's a martial arts student. Well, you know, if you can pick that domain in training martial arts, and at least in that domain, you start to improve your self-esteem. It will be a behavior that you can then start to transfer into other roles that you would switch out into. So in other words, when you go to work, or when you go home, or when you see your brother or parents or family or whatever the, you know, whatever the roles might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, but the thing, the good thing about martial arts is that it's very achievable. Yes. Uh, it's it's accessible and and in fairness compared to most sort of forms of of self self-help and so on it's it's very cheap basically yeah. you know because it's 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 there and and it's motivational as well and very effective i mean the way that you the, the habits that you get from using your body in the gym in the school you take your body with you yeah. so suddenly you're walking differently you're you're talking differently mm. yeah which brings in itself you know, the, the breaks the loop. And that's basically what I was saying earlier about trying to, uh, you know, trying to break the loop in the way that you physically behave because your behavior reinforces your thinking. So if you behave a certain way, that, because there's a mind-body link anyway, but obviously if you look a certain way, you feel a certain way. And it wasn't, uh, it's not, I'm not saying that being overweight is a bad thing or, you know, not, uh, you know, personal hygiene is not a bad thing. But if you're linking that with your value of yourself, that's the yes. difference. You know, if you're quite happy with yourself and you're quite happy with where you're at and so on, then that's absolutely fine because obviously that 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 goes that's congruent, mm-hmm. congruent mm-hmm. behavior. But uh, if you are negative and you're behaving, that negativity can come out in your behavior and the way that you treat yourself. And that's why martial arts is a good thing. I mean, it. I said earlier, sometimes people with low self-esteem start fights, but that's because it boosts their self-esteem. It makes them feel a little bit better about themselves in a, in a different in a different domain of activity. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes actually, this is quite controversial, but sometimes people, uh, I mean, this is controversial, but very uh, in my experience, sometimes people who are attracted to teaching martial arts uh, have low self-esteem. Yes. You know, they have personal issues and what they do, and unfortunately, the thing about the martial arts industry, it's not highly regulated like being a, a, a doctor, for example. If you want to be a medical doctor, you have to go through a lot of a lot of tests. Uh, you know, you have to do a lot of studying and, you know, you have to uh, be a junior doctor and there's lots of stages of it and so on. Whereas if you want to be a martial arts instructor in some places and some places around the world, anybody could just set up a martial arts instructor. And that's where you get these problems of having cults where people have, you know, people Especially them. if you have supernatural powers of, I touch you now and you die next week. Exactly, exactly. But this is the thing about certain people are attracted 
I sometimes will get people coming to me and they'll say, oh, I want to teach. And I'll say, why do you want to teach? That's the first question I'll say, why do you want to teach? And it's not because they want to help people, because yes. really sometimes what it is, is because I know, you know, it's to boost their own ego. Uh, now, is it to boost their own ego because they lack self-esteem and confidence? And the only way they're going to get confidence is because the people are being, adju- you know, showing them a lot of adulation and, and uh, you know, kowtowing to them and, and so on. You know, all of these things are really important, I think, especially when it comes to leading and leading groups of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I was definitely in that situation. I'm still in that situation right now. I'm looking right now in my life to change my focus from I need this, these are my needs, to focusing on what are the needs of the people that I'm working with. And just focusing on delivering value to them instead of taking care of my needs primarily. I'm realizing the fact that if you are a teacher, your first duty is to take care of um, other people. Some people go into the extreme of taking care of only other people. Like take care of other people, give them value while taking care of yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And definitely it was all about me. Like in in, uh, the years that I began, it was just like, look at me, here's what I can do, here's my uh, skills and so on and so forth. But that's a dead end. But you know that's, that's normal. But what you experience is normal because we're not, as I said, look, martial arts teachers. It's not a formal uh, educational process that we go to, go through to become a martial arts teacher. It's really very much a word of mouth uh, apprenticeship scheme, where you know you're under a, you're an apprentice of someone that's teaching, and they teach you how to teach, and then and therefore it goes down. So there's no formality to to the way that people become martial arts instructors. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's quite normal to do that, but it's only with time and maturity, if you are that way inclined, that you'll understand yeah. you're there to serve people and, and to lead people. And that's your job as a teacher. Your job as a teacher is not to serve yourself in, in terms of ego-driven or even, even monetary value in that sense. It's really about people come to you because they want to learn something. But your, your job, if you're going to be a leader, which is very different, is to think about their needs and what they that, that, what mm-hmm. they require. For example, the way that I teach, I teach in a way that I believe will help the student. I don't teach to satisfy their lack of boredom, uh, their mm-hmm. boredom. So in other words, you know, sometimes some people will teach their martial art class and they'll teach lots of tricks and they'll teach lots of fun stuff because they're doing it to keep the students there and they're doing it to keep the students there because either A, it's a financial benefit to them, B, which is not, I'm not saying that's wrong because all, all of us that teach for a living, obviously that's an important part of what we do. It's, without that, we couldn't, we couldn't do what we do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is they're solely driven by that, which is slightly different. Uh, so therefore, you know, they will teach to keep people happy for the short term. Whereas mm. I teach a little bit differently, and I, I'm not just me, I know there's a lot of other people. I teach knowing what they need. So I'll watch and I'll say, okay, do you know what? You're pretty weak. As a group, you're weak in this area. I don't know, punching, for example. Mm-hmm. Guys, you can't punch very well. I'll be honest as well. <laughs> Crucially, brutally honest. Uh, you need to work on this area, so let's work on this area. Because... At the end of the day, if we spend an hour working on it, you might be bored at doing that, but you're going to be good at it, and it's something mm-hmm. you can do. Whereas spending an hour teaching lots of little tricks that they're going to keep them occupied and focused isn't really 
it's not serving their needs it's basically doing serving the individual's needs who's leading or teaching it's very interesting like i am i'm sure you have this um disability as well you look at somebody and they just like they make one step and you immediately see oh my god they need this they need this and they need this let's see which one do we start with first what's like the biggest one that we need to adjust yeah <laughs> do the, you do the biggest problem first, as I tend to do. Or sometimes I'll chip away. I'll start with the, depending on the person's uh, again, but it also depends on the person's self esteem and their way that they yes. handle information. If they if they can handle criticism as well, then sometimes I'll go, okay, right, you're not very good. We need to work on this. If they can't, then you have to say it in a different way. You have to say, okay, this is something we need to work on. You're very good at this. This really works for you, but this mm-hmm. is the area you can focus on. So yeah. it really depends on, you know, delivery of information really depends on that person. I like, I like to tell them like what they're good at, what, what's good, what needs to be improved. And then, um, talk about the vision. Like if you improve this, this is what's going to happen. Like what you have already, then you're going to improve this. And it's going to be like totally different and it's going to be a lot better for you. Right. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, sometimes I, I am blunt. I know I said earlier, you know, <laughs> You're not very good. You need to work. You're not very good at X, Y, Z. But I do that sometimes for shock factor. Yes, uh, because we're to break the pattern. Yeah, yeah. If somebody's true. like, like really, really uh, full of themselves. And, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So it'll just sort of stop them and it'll make them think for a second, and then you've got their attention, and then you can say, okay, now these are things we need to work on. As a general pattern, I'll usually always follow up with. Uh, you know, it's a sandwich, isn't it? You give them something positive and then you, mm-hmm. you, know, you give them the advice, what they need to work on, and then you finish on something positive, which would be this is what's going to happen if you work on those, those points. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. So, well, <clears throat> just like just to revise, what would you say? How, how, like for everybody listening right now, how would they identify if they can, if they can improve their self esteem? And what could they do to improve their self-esteem? Well, to conclude, to start to pull all of this podcast to, to, towards the end, I would say, first of all, going back to the recognizing the signs, you know, hmm. you've got to be aware of it. And as I said, we all suffer from it to a certain degree. It's just being aware of whether it becomes maladaptive. Maladaptive is where it becomes quite harmful to you, really. Mm-hmm. So recognize the self-talk first, the negative self-talk, the monkey chatter, as we were talking, speaking earlier. Try to see if it manifests itself in that self-examination process. See if it manifests itself in a physical process. You know, mm-hmm. you care of yourself. Are you uh, are you being kind to yourself? You know, is it is it the case that, for example, I I went through a period of time where I was having a hard time. And uh, one of the ways that it manifests itself is I wouldn't shave. You know, mm-hmm. I just couldn't be bothered to shave. And it's quite normal, I think. Uh, in extreme circumstances, people that are extremely depressed will, will enact the same. You know, so small behaviours like that, you know. Uh, so what I did was I was became consciously aware of it. I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make a point of shaving. And then I'm going to make a point of, uh, shaving and and, and and dressing well and treating myself better in, yes. in that sense and that's a start uh, it leads to other forms of behavior absolutely every time i dress a bit better i feel better i yeah. feel better about myself definitely yep. I, I, 
And it's for your style. I mean, we're not saying to the audience you need to go and wear a three piece suit, suits, suits, suits. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're saying whatever it is you know, that is your style, be happy and confident in it and dress. Dress well for what you're happy in wearing. If you want to wear trainers and sneakers and, and jogging blossoms, that's fine as long as you're happy doing that and you are dressing well. It's not a case of you don't think you're worthwhile mm-hmm. you know, looking on. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, a few months ago, I had the uh, openness to tell my girlfriend, you know, I'm actually, I, I really, really appreciate your help in uh, choosing better clothes because I really have absolutely no sense of dressing well. And my girlfriend was like, I'm so happy that you said it. (laughs) 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 But you know, people like us who spend most of our time (laughs) working and working solidly with other people to develop them and and you know we don't really have time to be thinking about you know but i must admit i do nowadays try to make an effort in in uh you know my presentation because it you feel much better for that i do me personally yes i feel you know doing that when i don't and i guess getting back to sort of summary of what we were looking at you know uh try to first of all recognize the signs once you can recognize the signs Try to examine whether it's developing a a, a loop, a self-esteem mm-hmm. spiral loop, Love a downward spiral loop. And if so, we need to break that loop. And that, that starts with challenging your negativity, your thoughts, and, and then also introducing affirmations as well. Yes, yes. I, I think it all comes down to your internal dialogue. Yes. If, if, you, if you would talk the way that you talk to yourself to somebody else, how would they react? Would they still want to be your friend? I think that summarizes it perfectly. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Guys, let us know in the comments if you're watching uh, us on YouTube. Let us know in the comments what did you get. Like, What was the most valuable thing that you got out of our talk? If you're listening to the podcast, email us. Let us know what is one topic that you'd like us to uh, discuss in a further episode, maybe with one of our guests, or maybe we do another episode where we just, we just sit down and uh, chat, just like this one. Okay. Oh, it's now sunny in London. It was cold, but now the sun's out looking out the windows. All we had to do was talk about self-esteem. And everything came out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great, to, it's great to speak to you guys. It's... Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.